you're about to hear our very first fan-made intro for fandoms. If you want to do a fan intro yourself, come join us on Discord. Link's in the description below. You're listening to Fandoms. Join our host, Brody Otway, as he interviews a guest about whatever they're a fan of. From alcoholic spirits to benevolent spirits. Today on the show, we'll be talking to author, paranormal investigator, and podcaster, Eleanor Wagner. Welcome to the show, Eleanor. Thank you so much for having me. So how did you first get into paranormal investigation? I'd have to say it's because of the hauntings books that I've written, although I've experienced spirits since I was a child. Can you tell me a bit about some of your experiences? Sure. When I was a kid, I had lived in a haunted house with a spirit. And I was probably about five years old when he would visit me in my room every night and stand at the edge of my bed, terrifying me. Of course, I was young and didn't realize that he was only trying to get my attention because I I understand he knew that I could see him. But I didn't know at five that he was just trying to get my attention because he wanted to be acknowledged. My parents just kept telling me it was a dream. So I kind of dealt with it in that respect, that it was a dream. And it wasn't until my parents moved my bedroom into the basement where it was pitch darkness that I actually found comfort. When I got older and understood more and learned more, it's when I realized, oh, he was just trying to get my attention. And if I could go back to my childhood home now and connect with him, I'd apologize because I didn't know any better. Yeah, that's so interesting that you were more comfortable in the darkness where you couldn't yeah. see, where most people would be extra scared. Like I know most people, they lights are out, they're running up the stairs, they're scared something's going to reach out under the bed and grab their leg or something. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, it was because I didn't understand now that I do. I'm not afraid of that anymore. But back then, as a kid who didn't understand and didn't have parents that understood that they could actually bring me up in understanding what it was that I could, I I, I was able to do. Uh, I was even experiencing um, premonitions back then. And it was kind of simple stuff that would come to me in dreams. And it would just happen almost like deja vu, but not deja vu. And then one time I had one that was a nightmare. It was terrifying. And I woke up, you know, crying. And mom would say, no, don't worry about it. It was a nightmare. And it it was so real that when it actually happened, I blamed myself. I probably was around 12 years old at that time. And I thought, oh my goodness, I knew it was going to happen. And I could have done something about it, which is unrealistic, of course. Mm -hmm. But when you're young, and that happens, that's the only thing that you can think of. So I kind of shut down anything at that point. And it wasn't until I was 30 when I got a visitation from my my father when he was dying that everything was kind of reawakened in me. Everything except those premonitions. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I didn't get the gift of those premonitions anymore. Um, But I knew that I had to figure out what it was that I needed to do with whatever it is that I've been given. So as a writer, even though I went to school to write for children and have written a children's series. I was into the thriller psychological side of things and wrote my first psychological thriller that was published in 2015. It wasn't until I started writing the true account hauntings books that it all came together. So that's when people were reaching out to me and saying, oh, can you bring your paranormal team to my house? I think it's 
haunted. Can you bring my um your your team to my business because I think it's haunted. And that's when the paranormal investigating started to take root. And although I'm not nearly as gifted as people on my team, over the course of time, I have learned to develop my skills. And when we're all together, we each have a piece of the puzzle that we fit to figure out what it is that's going on in a place, uh, who it is that's trying to be acknowledged. And sometimes you come away with some really good evidence to share with the public. Okay. So you and your team all have different skills that kind of help each other investigate better. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Some of them have actually been, since they were children, nurtured to grow their gifts. So they've not had parents that said it was a dream or some of the team members or people have been told that they were crazy, that kind of thing. But there are people on the team that were nurtured from early on and learned to use their gifts for the betterment of people in need and spirit in need. And so they have taught me a great deal just from working with them in the paranormal industry. Okay. So you guys use tools like spirit boxes and recorders and stuff like that. I spoke to a paranormal investigator on a previous episode, and it sounds like you guys lean a lot more onto the spiritual side of it. We do use tools, especially me, because I'm not nearly as gifted as I mentioned, but most of the people on the team are sensitives themselves so that they receive messages. They could see spirit. They can hear spirit. They can connect and communicate with spirit just with their person. But for me, I call it my foofy feeling. And I can go into a building and I can feel something is negative or positive. And I kind of feel like I'm drunk almost off balance. That's what what I mean by foofy. Mm-hmm. And in order for me to communicate, if one of them is not around, I will take out my dowsing rods or my pendant my pendulum. And with that, I'm able to ask questions and get yes or no answers. But what I mean, what I said to you before that when we're all together, we all have that piece of puzzle, it works out great if one of them is around. Because if I am asking a question, often they'll get the answer and be able to relay to me and I won't have to use my dowsing rods or my pendulum. We do use spirit boxes, which are great. We do have recorders to record the audio. We do take video sometimes. So you'd be amazed at what you can get once you finally sit there and and look at it and evaluate it after the fact. What's some of the coolest evidence you found while hunting for investigating spirits? Believe it or not, a lot of the times when we do an investigation, we have deceased family members who come through. So these are not your traditional ghosts, their spiritual visits from your deceased loved ones, they're always around us and they're always sending us messages and little nuances, but to actually have them come through kind of like in, in your face, wanting to let their loved one know we're around, we're here. And we've gotten some great audio from situations such as this of deceased loved ones sending a message like I'm here, I'm okay, that kind of thing, which is wonderful because you end up leaving the family with a joyful message and half the time all of you are crying because it's it's so poignant a message or a feeling or an experience that you've had that you've shared with them so that's kind of cool i love it when we ask questions and we get the responses on audio for me i think audio is just so much fun to get that kind of evidence because a lot of the times well i personally think it's something that 
is a positive kind of evidence. I mean, in this day and age, I know everything can be messed with. You know, photos can be messed with, videos can be messed with, audio. And I'm not out to convince anybody that, oh, look what I got. I know what I've experienced. I know what we unearth. And if somebody doesn't believe us, then so be it. They don't believe us. But I love to share that stuff with people say, look, this is what we've experienced. What do you think? And for me, I'm really, really good about getting photographs in mirrors and glass. I'm, I'm, that's kind of my forte. I have a sensitivity to spirit because I'm empathic. And when I get an, uh, a feeling about I should take a photograph at a certain moment, at a certain time, in a certain place, I do it. And then usually at the end of an investigation, I'll go home and have like 40 photos that I've got to go through. And like 99% of the time, I end up getting spirit in a window or in a mirror. And I don't know if that's my thing, but that's what I end up unearthing, which is great. And then we have other team members who will have the audio and they'll get audio and somebody will get orbs on their video or, or a spirit action on video. So we do use tools like that, yes, but we don't solely on them because we have the sensitivity that we're able to communicate in other ways that you you know, you can use those things because they're great to have, they're great tools, but relying on relying on your own sensibility is really the way to go. Very cool. Yeah, I've played a little bit with the uh, pendulums, the crystals on the pendulums with my uh, with my ex who was into that kind of stuff and uh, mm -hmm. never really had any... Um, anything I think my hands a bit too shaky for what she was trying to do she was like ask it yes and no and see how it swings and I yes. I, I, I yeah. never got real any results from it that I would say felt genuine and right as right. a teenager we tried a couple seances and like communicating with uh -huh. ghosts a few <laughs> times but we never got anything ever is that just because none of us are spiritually sensitive then no, I don't think that that's the case. It could have been that they just you weren't in a place or a space where you would actually get something happening. Um, when they, spirit's not always active um, unless they choose to do so. I, I, I like to tell everybody that when they watch these paranormal programs on TV, do not take them as verbatim because a paranormal investigation can be quite boring, actually. You could sit there for six hours and have nothing happen and you can have something happen to be excited about it and you get tons of stuff happen it just depends on how spirit feels at that moment and you i kind of lost my thought there for a second so yeah you can't i, I was talking to a, a director at one point from one of these shows and he he says to me it's entertainment you know we're there to entertain the audience mm -hmm. and if something doesn't happen we have to make it happen, which to me is unethical because you're in this for a reason. I'm in here to help spirit get acknowledged. I want to help spirit to be able to live in peace with the people that are residing in their space now. And I'm here to learn and help and grow with other people who want to learn and grow. So to make something up just for entertainment is not my gig. And I understand that that's what they need to do, but that's what this all of these paranormal shows are about nowadays. So people should really understand that you can do something or try to do something and not have anything happen. Now, you had mentioned about your pendulum swinging in your hand. A, a good alternate way to use a pendulum would be to get a metal stand and tie the pendulum to the stand so that it's not going to move if you place it on a table. And okay. then you can ask questions that way. So then you don't have to worry about your hand moving. 
but it's great that you want to try and learn because everybody does have the ability. And if you're open to it and wanting to learn, then there's a possibility of it happening. A lot of people who shut themselves out and don't want to have anything to do with it are not going to go anywhere with it. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of those ghost shows have left a sour taste in my mouth. I'm a bit of a skeptic. So I, I go into everything open-minded. I'm always willing to learn about new things. That's why I started this show in the first place to talk to people and learn about things that I'm not an expert on and maybe find new interests of my own. So I feel like I have to go into everything accepting that there's a possibility because if I don't, then I'm not being open and giving it a fair chance. So no, that's okay. It's really good that you are a skeptic. It's important to be a skeptic. I mean, we try to debunk things before we accept it as as genuine evidence, because you don't want to say, oh, I heard something and it's a pipe inside the house. You know what I mean? So you really do want to try and debunk something that's happened. And oftentimes when three things are happening and you get something, the chance is it's a genuine haunting because you've had three different things happen with three different people. I guess the best way to explain it would be like if we're in one room and I'm, I'm feeling my foofy feeling and the person next to me is is sensing something, they're hearing something and one of the other people's getting something on the camera. Well, chances are it is something because all three of you are experiencing it personally and individually. If I'm alone and something happens, well, there's a chance that it it might be genuine or not. And so that's where you you also want to try and debunk because it could be something or it can't. You know what I mean? Like right now, I'm living in an historic church from the 1800s. And a lot of the times I'll be lying in bed and all of a sudden a fan, fan that's not even on starts moving. <laughs> and, you know, well, is there a draft somewhere that's making this fan move or is there something else that's moving it? <laughs> what is so, it with you paranormal investigators having these cool places? The last one I talked uh, to had a haunted jail. You have an old church? Oh my gosh. You talked to... um. I, I think I know who you talk to. Chris. Um, I forget. Yeah. I was yeah. going to say Chris. Yeah. Yeah. She's, isn't that cool? That, that, that jail that she owns with her partner. Ooh, I love we, that. It was so cool. The cl- closest thing I've had to what I will call a legit ghost thing. So we both, <laughs> uh, my computer was running perfectly fine for the whole hour before we talked and then it crashed. Uh-huh. We go back up and then her power goes completely out. And she said she has a backup generator. So that shouldn't have even been able to happen. So we just, oh, we great. were just having so many technical difficulties that she's like, it must be the ghosts messing with us and i was like well yeah you must be because we we neither of us were having (laughs) any issues before we started chatting about the ghosts oh that's so funny yeah Yeah, that's funny so back to the paranormal investigation shows for a second are you still Mm -hmm. able to find any enjoyment in any of those kind of shows even though you know they might be faking most if not all of their findings yeah, I mean, I really don't watch them, but I'm sure that I could because it's entertaining. You know what I mean? There, there are certain ones that I that I will watch, like Paranormal Quad on Camera. Um, we we were actually featured on Paranormal Quad on Camera for evidence oh, cool. that we unearthed in the mines in Ogdensburg, and our evidence was legit. And I've watched the show, and some of it I, I believe is legitimate. And then there were some that are on there, and I'm like, oh, this has got to be made up. So I'm sure that people send in stuff that they probably created Mm -hmm. and i'm sure that there are others who have had legitimate stuff i know ours actually happened and it was legitimate but 
you know, you kind of go on that, you're on the fence about certain things. Yeah. So yeah, I, I can find enjoyment in everything. I don't put too much credibility into it. It definitely sounds like it could be fun sitting there being, trying to pick out which ones are real and fake. Uh, yeah. If I yeah, had that kind yeah. of know-how. <laughs> Have you ever had any like super freaky experiences where like things have like been like tossed across the room at you or anything like that? Not, not necessarily. The only in my personal experience that I've had is when our team did an investigation in the former home of a mafia member and he, it was a manor house at one point that he owned and has since been turned into four separate apartments. And I was approached by an elderly woman that was living in one of the apartments with her husband saying that they had a shit ton of stuff happening and it was affecting their health and their mood swings. But it wasn't just happening to she and her husband. It was happening to everybody else who lived in the other apartments. And most of the time, people wouldn't stay in those apartments for very long. The turnover was crazy that people would leave within three months of living there because of the activity. And when she approached me, she had said, everybody wants you to come and they'll all let you into the apartments. And I literally booked an investigation right then and there. And by the time we got there, we only were able to get into two of the apartments because the other two had left and didn't come back. So it kind of tells you about the stuff that was going on in that place. I can't say that we were hurt or harmed in any way, but it was extraordinarily active because of who was haunting it and the mediums that were with me were all sensing a lot of prostitution and card games and murder, which goes with the whole theme of somebody who is in the mafia. And then we got into the apartment next door to the senior citizens who incidentally are no longer in the apartment. They finally got out to a safe space, which is great. But the other apartment we got into was resided by two women And their apartment was even more active than the senior citizen's apartment. And I mean, they were kind of like, it was almost as if they were in a buzz. All them and their animals were all like electrified. It's the strangest way I can describe it. And when we get in there, I find out that one of the women is really sensitive to spirit. And she likes, yeah, we, we like to go paranormal investigating her girlfriend and her. And we were like, okay, you know, you hear that a lot from people. They like to go and investigate. But the thing is, she ends up confiding in us that they had done an investigation in what was formerly a mental hospital. And she brought home souvenirs with her from their investigation, which is a no-no. You don't want to pick up anything and bring it home with you. So right there and then, you, you hear her telling you that she brought stuff home when she was in this mental institution, and she's bringing it into the home of a former mafia guy. And oh, just God. think about the two of them. facing each other you know what I mean mental health meets crazy violence yeah so we told we told her she really needed to bring that stuff back and 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 you know let the spirit know that she was returning that stuff that she was sorry that she took it and I don't know if she ever did but we left that investigation and we were so mentally and physically exhausted because it was it was it was a lot of energy and we actually saged each other from top to bottom because we wanted to make sure we weren't bringing anything home with us okay so what advice would you give somebody who's just trying to get into paranormal investigation other than clearly do not take things home they should really learn from people who 
are experienced and know what they're doing before they go out on their own. I mean, it's one thing for you to walk in a cemetery with your recorder and your telephone to take pictures. That's okay. There's not, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But when you start messing with like seances or trying to connect with spirit, you really need to be careful because you never know what it is that can attach itself to you or what you'd be dealing with. So you really should be learning from people who know what they're doing. And I know that there are a lot of online availabilities out there to do so if there isn't anybody in the general vicinity where you live that you could talk to. If somebody has no one experience they can go with and they really want to try and do it, is there any safety precautions they can take to try and be safe? Well, as, I, as I mentioned to you, as I mentioned to you earlier, if you're going to go into like a cemetery, that's not a big deal, but, but there are um, crystals that you can wear for protection, oils that you can put okay. for protection, say a prayer before and after and making sure you let the spirit know that they're not allowed to come home with you. They're not allowed to leave with you. They have to stay behind. Those are all good things to do when doing an investigation. But like I said, I, I really do advise to try and connect with somebody online. There are so many out there that you could get sage advice from before attempting to do something on your own. Because I have spoken to, and in all the years now that I've been interviewing people, plenty of people that didn't do that and have experienced detachments and brought things home with them that was not so good. In fact, just recently, this this I was talking to a woman who came to my book signing and she wanted us to um, come into her residence to investigate and we booked it and then she canceled randomly and all of a sudden I get a letter from her. She was messing around with stuff and they they've run from their home and this thing has followed them. So I had to get her in touch with somebody who can do a cleansing for her because it's that bad. They're they're not even in their house. Wow. And it's because she started doing seances and trying to take it on herself and that's not a good thing. Now her husband and she and her children are suffering because of it. Do you believe in the demonic side of everything? Or is that just something that movies and such have created as something to be scary in horror movies? Well, I'm a Christian woman. So I do believe that there is devil and there is evil and there is there are demons. I personally have not dealt with any, but I do believe that they exist. Yes. Okay, yeah, that was, uh, so you've never had like any kind of demon ghost sightings that ended up being like a demonic thing? No. Okay, very cool. Yeah, the neither had the other one. So it's it's pretty cool to know that it's not like something that, like movies make it seem like, oh, it's a ghost haunting. No, it's not a ghost. It's really a demon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's cool to know that that's more of a misconception. Are there any other major misconceptions yeah. people have about ghosts or spirits? I, I know that there is a big debate in the world of orbs, whether orbs are real or not, whether they're spirits. I know that they're, like I said, there's a big divide. There's there's equal side that believes in their existence and an equal side that believes that they are not real. I'm on the side of Yes, there are such things as orbs. Not everything is an orb, but I have seen orbs that are legit and have been able to zoom in on them and, and see the spirit face inside the orb. So I do believe 
that they exist. And a lot of times I'll get something and I'll put it up. I'm like, orb or not. And then you'll get all these people, that ain't an orb. Of course it is. And then it's this big argument. I don't understand why you just can't get along. (laughs) But there is an orb debate out there. (laughs) Very cool. So what is your favorite part about being a paranormal investigator? Being able to recognize who it is that we're talking to. Sometimes being able to help them move on into the light. Because I try and tell spirit that... If you go into the light, you can come back anytime you want to. But if you don't go to the light, you're stuck in one place. We're always trying to help them move on. Some don't want to do it, but that's the best part of being able to help them move into the light. And then, like I said, when we're on an investigation, when a deceased loved one comes through, that's that's the great thing, being able to acknowledge spirit and acknowledge those deceased loved ones and bring those messages to their family members is a thing that you don't expect to experience when you're paranormal investigating, but it happens, especially if you're doing private residences. If you're in somebody's home and they're experiencing something, that's when you usually get these spiritual visits from loved ones. And that's a fun part of paranormal investigating. That's all super cool. I love it. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been a blast talking to you. Can you let the listeners know again where they can find you? Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Well, all my books, the Sussex County Hauntings and Other Strange Phenomena, Warren County Hauntings and Other Strange Phenomena, and Dream a Little Dream, they're all available on Amazon. So you just put those titles in and Eleanor Wagner, you'll be able to find them. But if you want to have a signed copy, you can reach out to me at authoreleanorwagner at gmail.com, and I'll gladly get one of them to you. And then if you'd like to listen to any of my podcasts, I have Eleanor Wagner's Strange and Scary World podcast out of the Paranormal UK radio network, available wherever you get your podcasts, or Eleanor Wagner's Creeping It Real out of the Coast to Coast Entertainment Network, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can get all of the links on my YouTube channel, Eleanor Wagner. Awesome. I hope everybody takes a minute to check you out. Thanks again for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. Do you know somebody who might want to come on the show? Maybe it's you. If so, email us at pod.fandoms at gmail.com or come join us on Discord and chat. You can also find us on Twitter at The Phantoms Podcast where you'll often find us harassing bigger YouTubers and podcasters to come onto the show. If you'd like to join us and turn that pressure into peer pressure, we'd really appreciate the backup. Thanks a lot.